my name is Taylor Clement and I'm the head of school at Kirk Day School. And I'm Maria Massey, the assistant head of school at Kirk Day School. Parents, we are back. We are back with a vengeance after being gone for about six months, perhaps the longest break in Kirk Day School history, maybe the longest spring break ever for all of us, but we are so thrilled to be back. And at this point, um, we've got a lot going on we're going to talk about today of things that are going well, things that we will say have some growth opportunities, and then we'll also just kind of dive into what is the school year looking like right now, because I know for many of you, you're not quite uh, able to enter the building, and we know that, and we're sad about that, but uh, we want to give you kind of a peek today of what's going on on a regular basis. It's good to be back. It's really good to be back. There's uh, something really amazing about being back into a normal, comfortable space. Yeah, routine, regularity. Yeah, it's been great. And I will say, for my family, it's been really amazing to get back into a routine just to see our kids get into a schedule and a routine yeah. because we haven't been going to church. Um, we've been watching it every Sunday, but yet we're not in a building. We're not getting up. We're not leaving the house. There is a normalcy already to that, and to have something to look forward to for our kids is really phenomenal. Yeah, it's been wonderful to have that sense of normalcy and not totally forget about COVID, but at least have it be not the only thing that we feel like we're thinking about and doing. Yeah, that's that's really well said. So the other night, I was talking to my neighbor. I go out, and my neighbor and I will always catch up, and he loves catty corners. He has kids about my, my kid's age, and he asked me the other day, he said, um, are you guys riding bikes more often? And I said, yeah. And I said, it's kind of our COVID project. And we started saying, like, we have these things that have kind of emerged because we spend more time at home. We found ourselves with more free time or more family time that where you can be intentional and purposeful. So my question to start out today is, did the Massey family have a COVID project while whilst in quarantine? Uh, yes. I would say the adults had a project and then the children had a project, right? So we did a lot of work to our house, the exterior of our house. Painted it, got a new front door, um, things that we had been waiting years to do. So that feels really good. Finally planted some bushes that we hope will survive a Missouri summer. Um, so we've really taken... Um, yeah, just extra time and care to the outside, which has been really nice. So, Did you have a specific one for you versus like you and Mike? I mean, my project was mainly keeping the kids alive, um, you know, keeping them entertained, trying to find something for a two and a half, three, now three year, three year old and a one and a half year old was a little challenging a little at bit. times. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time in our inflatable pool in the backyard and went on a lot of walks. And I would bike with the kids, um, pull them behind me. Uh, and Tucker is 29 pounds and Millie is 27. So it's like, it was a heavy load. So I would say definitely exercising and cooking was something that I did personally, just yeah. more regularly. Uh, and then of course we got into a TV show. Uh, we watched all eight seasons of Homeland, which was excellent so yeah those were some of our important COVID projects and not important COVID oh, projects man. yeah so we did as a family we started biking 
Um, I grew up in a mountain biking area of the country, and so that was something that was somewhat familiar to me. But Anderson started riding a bike, and he's a little speed demon. <laughs> and we had to do something to keep up with him because he kept wanting to ride on the road, and we wouldn't let him. And so finally we began to, to buy up some used bikes. And I don't know if you knew this, but there was this national bike shortage along with everything else with... Yeah, change, yeah, aluminum, helium. The, the whole thing, just a bike shortage. And so we bought some used bikes off the buy-sell trade and found a trailer to pull Betsy in. And sure enough, we, we did it. Uh, personally, I got a smoker, and a meat smoker, not anything else. And I've been learning how to uh, barbecue in a variety of ways, which has been a blast. Yeah. yeah. Um, really, really fun. Show-wise, not knowing a show that we really like dove into other than British baking. Mm. British baking was, it still is kind of our jam. It's it's also known as the, um, you know, the oh, Zoloft of TV, you know, it's the... <laughs> It's, it's literally a t- t- medicating uh, show to watch. It's very calm and soothing, and uh, you can kind of play on your phone and watch it and not really have to pay attention. And, you know, being in a life stage with, with two children, by the time they get to bed, you feel like the angels are singing the hallelujah mm-hmm. chorus. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But COVID projects. So, families, I'd be really curious to know if you guys had a COVID project or a uh, quarantine project while, while you were at home. But, you know, the, the thing that I would say occupationally for us has been to to reopen school Mm -hmm. Uh, and parents you guys have been so encouraging as we've reopened schools and we've done so many things and and a quick synopsis is we we've done contact tracing courses we've um, you know zoomed with with doctors on a regular basis we've looked at the national local and and uh, even statewide just guidelines what what do we need to be doing to really ensure a safe opening. Um, we've worked with local businesses, as you guys saw, the desk shields, uh, everything else with PPE. What's the best PPE for our kids? What type of sanitizing um, is is food safe versus non-food safe? What can we we safely give our kids to squirt on their hands for, you know, um, a, a right percentage of alcohol-based uh, hand sanitizer? So we've gone through all these little things, all to make it to the first day of school, and here we are, a weekend. God's been so good to us, mm-hmm. no question, and we know that God's bigger than the virus, but nevertheless, at times, we, we miss. Our faith does need some more substance to it, I feel like, at times, and so our goal in our project over the summer is to get there. We, we've gotten here. Now what, mm-hmm. right? Now it's kind of the question. Um, I know, parents, you guys are excited that your children are out of the home. Most of you, those of you that are not, uh, let us know the trick to loving your child more, because, wow, um, I'd love to hear that one. Um, But, Maria, what would you say right now, uh, just in your opinion, give me one or two things that you feel like is going really well as we've reopened school? Yeah, yeah. It it has been a learning curve for sure. I think, you know, none of us, having gone to grad school for uh, how to run a school in a pandemic, um, it's been a learning curve and an an experience. Um, I would say... So one of my duties this year has been morning carpool um, and doing the screeners, uh, the the health screeners. Uh, I think that has gone really, really well. Yeah. Smoothly. Uh, I know it's not been perfect, but I was concerned with the quickness. How how are we going to be able to get cars through? And I know that there is a long line because everybody is going through the carpool line. But I think our speed with that has been really good and decent. 
And I've also heard just how much the teachers have really enjoyed that time in the classroom with their students. You know, normally they'd be up in the gym and they'd come down and get them. And, uh, you know, that's a really, that in the past has been an opportunity for teachers to plan and to run copies and stuff. And so uh, they've adjusted to that really, really well and have, I've heard f such great feedback that they've really enjoyed that time with them. It's chill, it's relaxed, and it gives them an opportunity to get to know their students a little bit more as they kind of trickle in. So I'd say that's an area that we're, we're really doing well in. Uh, that's, that's good to hear. I know a lot of them, frankly, are uh, using that time to just really enrich some of the curriculum. They'll, they'll pull up a kind of the reading rainbow mm -hmm. style where you know some, someone's narrating the book and you can you know see the pictures of the book is and they'll find those on YouTube and uh, they're doing a great job with yeah. it and I, th I do think the teachers are genuinely happy with where we are because number one parents our teachers they they believe that they're calling they believe that God has called them to this position they don't think that yeah, I'm a teacher because you know of X Y and Z reasons they really believe that God's called them to this, and so they missed your children dearly, mm -hmm. and it's showing. It's showing in the product of work that they're putting out right now, which is great. From my side, I, I would say lunch is going really well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would say that we have a really great caterer right now in Nourish Food Solutions, and um, Holly Cunningham and Marion Beatty of, of their group is, is spectacular. Um, the food is really good, and so parents, if you haven't tried that or if you have a, a picky eater at home, I would, I would recommend uh, looking at the October menu, and that's not just a sales thing because I'm paying for lunches and we get no discounts as faculty and staff. Um, I should have written that in the contract. Yeah. yeah no. no, we we, we talked diligently, but we, we couldn't do a, a discount for faculty and staff, and so here I am paying full price. And I would say it's worth it. And so um, it's one of those things where the quality that's coming out, I would say, is a value of price in comparison to what you pay at a restaurant um, because it's a restaurant quality. Yeah. Um, maybe not every single thing every single day, but I would say I'm willing to bet most days it's going to be that. The other thing that I think has gone really well, too, are our desk shields. Yeah. I was skeptical. Yeah. It's, you know, I've been visiting each of the classes over this past week and there's definitely an adjustment as far as just like walking um, because they mm -hmm. take up a little bit of space but I can see the kids and I can see their faces and uh, you know they do a great job with them yeah. and I, I've heard from some that you know maybe like to be a little bit more kind of uh, cocooned yes. let me start that sentence again I've heard from students who like a little bit more of that cocooning feeling that it's actually it's really great for that it kind of yeah. tightens them up and uh, just makes it feel like they have their own space yeah well and I was surprised I knew that they would work but I think I was surprised in a good way by how heavy they are oh my gosh they're so thick yeah and the fact that it's quarter inch um, plexiglass and that you can really see through them yeah. and that the kids can see and it does not feel like when you walk into a classroom you kind of have to be reminded oh they're in here mm -hmm. not whoa what's going on mm -hmm. and and that that part's been really smooth so I would say those are a few things that are going well where Maria would you say that Kirk Day School still has some growth opportunities looking into our day-to-day -day of kind of where we've been well let's just name the elephant in the room go ahead afternoon carpool is still a challenge and you know we've done carpool like this before 
but it's been a one-off. Right. And especially the first day, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Yes. Radios didn't work. The conferencing in the building didn't work. People were still learning what hallways and what classrooms and which door leads where. I mean, it was... It was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. But let's let's go into this. So I want to give some background, and then we can talk about kind of where that's going. Because, parents, carpool affects all of us. Mm-hmm. It does. Whether it's in the morning or in the afternoon, at some point you're driving carpool, and it does affect you. So one of the things that I think is important to, to note is last year what we would do is we would put all the kids in the gym. They all sat in rows in a classroom. Kindergarten was closest to the door, and we went sequentially upwards, one, two, three, four, five, through grade six, all the way on the far side of the gym. They all came out the same door. And we do 20 cars at a time, but we also had walk-ins. And walk-ins, I would say, took around 40% of our afternoon carpool kids. And so parents, several of you listening to this, would walk in every day, wait for your children. You guys would walk to the car together, maybe come to the office to check on something. Well, because of COVID and all the precautions, we have to do every single person through the carpool line. And that's a pain. And so I would say on day one, we didn't realize the enormity of of that, um, how big that was going to be. I think the second thing is we did have a myriad of (laughs) things go wrong. It's really almost comical what went wrong that day. But as things have gotten better, we've adjusted the the times of when we start and kind of how how we do that. But I would say the adjustments have worked. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still going through it. I, I still think there's some, some students that are ha- either having trouble listening to their numbers or we're having trouble relaying them. But I think it's gotten much better. But, yeah, day one, that was embarrassing. Yes. I think we figured out the technology piece because yeah. it is trying to communicate with someone in the lower lot and then, you know, Jeannie in the office and then, you know, you or myself or Dr. Weimer right. outside with the second calls and then just physically getting the children from their classroom downstairs all the way up, it's that's a hike. That's it a is. hike for some of our students. So it, is. it has been really great that we opened up the third line just so that we didn't have the traffic issues. And I think it's we're going to get into a rhythm. But I would say, yeah, it's just note there are lots more cars. There are a ton more cars going through than normal. And that's part of the delay that won't change. Right. is that we'll continue to have a lot of cars go through carpool. Yeah, so, I, I would agree with that. Good time for a Candy Crush, you know, or, or your, yeah, your so, favorite podcast. Yeah, right, or this right. podcast. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. So the other things uh, that you think we have a growth opportunity for, um, I'd be curious to hear that as, as well, and I, I've, got, I've got a couple myself. Um, I would say chapel. And not so much because we're the product isn't good, so to speak, but it's just different. And for the record, parents, there's only been one chapel, and it was me, and I did the entire thing by myself. So she's basically critiquing me <laughs> on a podcast. Um, you know, it's no the I, I thought in some ways it was really cool. I was sitting in with Miss Ingalls' class, and it was awesome because you came up and talked and and did you know the talk about how God doesn't change, and then afterwards she spent. 10 minutes with the class Mm. having a conversation about it and really engaging them on that topic and I thought that was a huge benefit of chapel in that we actually get to talk about the message so that part has been has been great I think what I'm missing about chapel is just the fact that we can't be together it's so good to be together yeah yeah and so you know 
prayerfully. Hopefully that will change at some point this year. We don't know. And so I would say that's just a con- we're, we're continuously trying to find ways to bring that community together in a time where we can. Right. And one of the things, too, parents, that I would, I would say about chapel that's just, you know, um, color to, to this is that we have two chapels every Friday. One is an elementary chapel, which is grades one through six. The other is the early childhood chapel, which is pre-K, JK, and kindergarten. And we split those up intentionally, but occasionally we have a combined chapel where the whole school minus preschool, uh, we're in the sanctuary together. And of course we can't do that this year. There is a sadness to that mm-hmm. and, and there is something that we miss. And so we're, we're working on our best, uh, the best way to do that. We can't really do it Zoom mainly because our, our network can't handle that. That's a, that's a lot for a single network to do around 30 different logins for Zoom. So these recordings are the best way that we can do it, but I think there there's definitely some growth opportunities, and we'll get better. Yeah, right? definitely. We'll get better at it. Definitely. You know, for me, honestly, it's the kids wearing masks right yeah, now. Yeah, that's the other elephant in the room, isn't it? Yeah, that one's yeah. that one's a hard one for me. Yeah. I want to see their faces. I want them to be able to see my face because I think for children as they develop, even even our oldest kids, you know, they're still not even teenagers. They miss a lot of the body cues or the the physical expressions that we can have you know if you think about somebody slumping their shoulders you know or drooping a head we know those are expressive ways but there's so much in, in, a, in a person's face and, and there's so much that you can't tell if you can only see their eyes and so um, I don't like that for them I know some of them don't do well with the mask and, and I don't want to prevent them from learning um, I realize that learning is uh, is why we're here, and I want to make sure that we remove any hurdle we can uh, as we put in front of them. But yeah, um, again, we're going to be patient with that. Mm-hmm. We're going to try, but it's that that that's been a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. That's been a tough one for my heart. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, I I agree. It has been hard. It's hard because some. I mean, there are the ages that that we have. It's hard to understand why. And, and what they're reasoning, you know, they don't understand totally what COVID is. They know that it's here, it's very right. present, but, but understanding the full weight of what we're dealing with, you know, and we don't want them to know that Correct. Uh, at all. You know, we, we've said from the beginning, we want to carry this burden and make it as, you know, seemingly normal to them as possible. And I think, yeah, it's just a challenge to do that with, with masks because it's not normal. It's not what we normally do. And, and let's switch to that for a second, because one of the things that you've said about this year, as you and I have talked about the differences, is you've said you feel like when you come to work, it COVID has not distracted us mm-hmm. from doing the job, mm-hmm. that there is such a strong sense of normalcy. It, it feels vastly mm-hmm. different because we had to go for so long without it. So kind of comment on that for a second. Yeah, I think I expected, and you know, we dealt with this stuff all summer right from I mean really from March until August we are trying to figure out how are we going to make this work and that's all that and if we could make and if we could and that and that was it and so I was coming in with the expectation of we have you know tediously gone through every second of these of our days here and to have spent that much time in the weeds of it, I was expecting to come and, f- and feel this weight of like, oh man, gotta put on my face shield, gotta put on my mask, like we're gonna have these barriers between us. And like, there are those things and they're real, but at some point, the more that we've gotten into the, to the rhythm, it hasn't taken away from the learning. It hasn't taken away from the, 
hey, we're in school, we're together with our friends, and we have people who are passionate about their jobs teaching our students. And I think that's awesome. I think that's, um, that's been encouraging for me uh, to, to know and to feel that sense of normalcy and to not have it be this thing that, that continues to get in the way of things that we want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been, it's really been beautiful. It's been beautiful to see the kids come back because frankly, I know there are a lot of kids who just truly love our school. Mm -hmm. I get that. But it's still school at times and there's still homework to be done and there's still social things that we have to get through and and on and on. But to see that they are excited to be back is is really fun. It's really fun. It's been great. So let's go into this. And this is really the last thing we'll talk about today. We've had a really great start to the year, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been incredible in a lot of ways. Parents, have, you guys have been so encouraging. Um, our teachers have done a phenomenal job. It's really been uh, a thing where we just had to get started, and we have, and, and off we go. My question to, to you as parents, and, and as Maria and I both discussed this, how do we continue to make this work? Because we're all happy right now, and we're in a honeymoon phase. But if we look to late September, early October, and things really do begin to change, and we get maybe an executive order or another ordinance from the health department or whatever that might look like, how do we continue to make it work? And so, Maria, we've come up with really three things, simple things, and we'll kind of open those up. But the first that, that we really have to offer is just to be patient. And so talk about patience for a second because that seems pretty obvious it seems pretty surface level it seems like you could pick up any newspaper self-help guide uh, through COVID and the first one's going to be be patient Mm -hmm. and so that's an easy thing to do Mm -hmm. but what do you mean when you say with with parents you know be patient Mm -hmm. especially with the school I think something that we have to realize and I'm thinking particularly about our new families too is we're entering into a time of transition this is transition time coming back to school is a transition whether you've been here for three years or whether you've been you know this is your first year and the patience in the midst of things getting normal getting used to the routine and that's amplified right now because the routine is a little different and it's a little bit different than what even people who have been here for years have expected and so yeah I would say patience in you know we're learning as we go like, like we said, I mean, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek, like, we didn't go to school for this, right? Yeah. We, we, none, none of us are We didn't go to school experts. for it, but as I've told plenty of people, I've spent more time on COVID than my master's degree. Yes. And so it's, yes. it's kind of an insane, insane baptism mm-hmm. into this. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, you're right. We didn't go to school for this, and we do need to be patient. Yeah. One side note, this summer I mailed a package, and I mailed it to Utah, okay? Um, I was getting rid of some of my dad's things, and... So I boxed it up and I shipped it off to a guy in Utah and I paid for the USPS priority deal. So two to three days and should be there. It took three and a half weeks. Oh my gosh. Three and a half weeks. I called, I checked, I you know, was trying to file a claim, the whole deal. And it got there and they're like, no, we, we know where it is. We're tracking it. You're good. That being said, parents, we don't expect you to be patient for us for something like that. Do be patient with us, though, in knowing that things are ever-changing. Uh, we just recently were, were given a new ordinance by the county, and we were flummoxed by it, to be honest with you. We weren't expecting it. There's been a lot of things that we've had time to prep and expect, 
Um, but then there's some things that we just don't. And yeah. I think that's that's where I, my voice would come into this. For sure. The second thing that you said, though, Maria, is to, to be encouraging to your students. Talk about that for a second of just how do we need to encourage our students during this time when it feels different or that those changes come all of a sudden? Yeah, I think first of all is to just validate and normalize that it is different and that there are parts of this that are really hard. And I think there's we've all experienced a sense of grief and loss with COVID. You know, whether that be school, whether that yeah. be not being able to see friends, whether that be not being able to see a loved one, there's grief in this. And, you know, the thing about grief is sometimes we just want to wait till we get through the hard stuff to like process our grief. And that's normal and that happens, but there's also some validating and understanding in the process. Um, and that would be my first thing is normalize that. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling the same way. It makes sense that you're feeling that way. Um, and then, you know, kind of like we've done even here, trying to find the things that are good or that have been beneficial. And not to negate that it's hard, but just to see both sides of that coin, right? That's a fair way to look at a situation. And I think we could spend this entire podcast talking about how difficult COVID is. Um, yeah. And it is. It is. I don't want to miss that part. But like we've said, there's also been some really great things. And so, and that can can encourage and strengthen us through this ever-changing, challenging time. And I was given this information, um, I would say, almost a year ago now. But that scientifically, it is impossible for us to be stressed and grateful at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I will say I've been stressed to the max through COVID. But when we stop to be grateful, yeah. it, it changes. It yeah. just changes everything. And so uh, that's one thing that we can always you know, ask of our children or students in this case. How can we be grateful in this moment yeah. despite the stress that it might bring? What, what can we be grateful for? And I know um, I was talking to a friend just last night, and he said, you know, I'm not really scared if we had to be on lockdown again. He said, I think I have things that I wish I would have done during the first one that I didn't do, mm-hmm. and now I want to make sure that I do them. Mm-hmm. And if not, then I'll just try and make time otherwise. But I have a plan, which I thought was really interesting and sweet, but the idea was I'm going to be grateful for the moments that I have, and I think think that's a healthy place to be. And as we go to look at just the broader, th- I guess, aspects of school, we would want our students to be grateful that they can be here and that you know they're not sitting at home being bored, that they're not just vegging out, playing games, watching shows, um, but that they're actually here sharpening their minds and doing, to, doing the job that God has called them to in this space and time. Definitely. The last thing that you said, Maria, was ask questions. We need to ask questions and discern between the have to do versus the want to do, of, uh, particularly as it pertains to the school and the laws that we have to abide by. But you, you mentioned ask questions, so let's start broadly yeah. and we'll get down more microscopically. Man, there's been so many questions that have come, and they're understandable and continue to ask them because I think sometimes when we don't ask questions, there can be fear um, or anxiety that comes up, and we're ready for your questions. We want your questions. We know the complexity and the decision that that to open and to go back to school is a difficult one and so we honor that respect that and want to be here to feel the questions that come up and also 
we trust your judgment as parents, especially when it comes to knowing if your kid is sick or not. Like, we trust trust them. Feel free to, to call us and ask questions if, if, you know, you do have one. Should I keep my kid home? Should I not? What do I do about this? Like, that's what we're here for. And we're ready and willing to ask those questions. So tell me more about, about um, you know, the, the want to and the have to. Yeah, that really started with the American Academy of Pediatrics. They, they came up with a back-to-school guide. And, you know, of course, they're, they're very broad-sweeping in the, in the public-private, uh, you know, mm-hmm. northern climate, southern climates, et cetera. And what they really said is, hey, here are just the things that you really must do to open back up safely. Then here are the extra precautions. So kind of, you know, here your, here's your honor roll uh, system. So how do, how do you achieve both? St. Louis County... Um, formed a task force of the independent school of of St. Louis, the director, Jamie Driver, as well as the superintendents from Rockwood, Parkway, and a few others. And they had some some medical advisors on that team, and they really followed the same guidelines and saying, you know, here's what you must do, here's what you have to do. And the data is ever-changing right now when it comes to COVID. Reports are released on a a semi-regular basis in regards to numbers rising, lowering, um, et cetera. But what the health department tries to do is make decisions retroactively, and at times they'll make them proactively. And by retroactive, they have the data to support it. Proactive, they don't necessarily. They're, They're estimating. So that part can be really confusing. And so when they put out an ordinance, it is for the overall protection. The question for us is, does it fall in line with the back to school guide of, is this a must do or is this a may do? Is this, is this just a really good suggestion um, or is this a law? And so, you know, an example would be, you know, seat belts, you know, that's a law, you have to wear them. Uh, the difference, I think would be maybe the type of gas you use. You don't have to use a particular type of, of gas necessarily, at least at your standard gas station that, that most of us would go to. So as you think through that, um, you know, and, and parents, as you ask questions and things come up, you say, hey, why are we doing a, a daily health screening? Well, that's a must do. Um, why are we doing the one-way hallways? That's actually a may do, that, but that's a really good suggestion. That's not required. But that's something that, that is a strong, strongly suggested out of Johns Hopkins, American Academy of Pediatrics, CDC, and of course St. Louis County. And so we, we can explain that and we can explain why we do those things because you know our ultimate goal right now is to fulfill the mission of the school. That's, that's what our goal has been for 28 years. And looking at it, we say the best way we can fulfill our mission is to keep our doors open and that's what, that's what we're here to do. Yeah. So. I love the analogy that you've used of, you know, putting on another layer. Like if you think yeah. about, about going out into the cold, how you, you know, you wear the underlayer, you wear, you know, something over, then you wear the gloves and the hat and the big coat. Same kind of thing. Everything that we're doing is a layer right. of protection. And we have, like I said, meticulously gone through the entire day and what a day looks like in the life of a, of a student and found ways to layer and protect and so yeah if there is ever any question about why are we doing this or this ask them yeah it's fair totally fair questions and understandable questions in this climate yeah and know that we want to serve and protect your your children as we as we do this we want to do it well so parents as always our goal is to partner with you to nurture educate and equip your children to make them disciples of christ and impacting his world and so 
as we go forward, we, we say, you know, keep asking your questions, keep sending us ideas, and uh, we're thrilled to have your children back in the building. It's great to see you in carpool, and we hope to be able to come back to you soon. And in the meantime, let us know if there's something you want us to discuss. Otherwise, it's great to be back, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you.